On 11.16 SEM, The Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to The Four Diegos on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a coolish Wednesday night. Nine and a half degrees apparently, boys. Um, and thanks to finally on another great show in the wonder years with the boys as well. Always good listening on a Wednesday night. Vinny Venezuela, you're in the house. Welcome. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Excellent to be here, as always. Well, you're here always, but Warren, you weren't here last week. How are you going today? Yeah, no, I'm good, Ca- um, Carlos. I'm good, uh, Rodrigo. <laughs> no Thanks very much. It's good to be back. Who Warren, you're, you're on flexi time, yeah? You just... <laughs> You're, you're... I come I come in when I choose. Yep, exactly <laughs> and right. uh, Carlos, you're there just sorting yourself out. Apparently, uh, Warren, um, by the way, that, that's confused people out there, sorting <laughs> myself out. I'm not tucking myself in, am I? Or what am I doing? Uh, now, I, apparently the rumour is that mm. Warren's only going to come into the studio when Liverpool win, which I'm hoping <laughs> will be very infrequently. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there'll be a mid-table kind yep. of, um, you know, he'll be here in a mid-table, <laughs> mid-table kind of way. There'll I think. be a plateau period. Yeah, yeah he'll be here, what? Maybe thirty times over over the course of the year. <laughs> thirty nine games, I'd say. Oh no, no mid table mediocrity will, yeah. will get you in here fifteen times. Oh, fifteen times. Yeah. Yep. No, that's that's lower half. I've got to say, and you know, switch. Please, could you switch off Pedro on the panel? Switch off the air, switch us off the air because I don't want anyone to hear this. Coutinho's goal was a very good goal, Warren. Now it switch us back go, on. It did go in. In what was otherwise, can I say? You've got to get up for the first game of the season. It's, just, it's <laughs> mandatory. Yeah. And um, it was a difficult starting time at uh, 12.50 on a Sunday morning, just very quietly. <laughs> and, but the uh, way he rolled off his man and he just <laughs> went he was in to, stride. And to wait for laces. 87 minutes for wow. that in an otherwise very dull affair. Yeah. Which I was happy with dull for long periods <laughs> based on the fact they put five pastors in the first half only 77 days ago. But it was a handy goal Seriously. and... Um, yeah, believe it or not, that's the off-season in Premier League, 77 days. Warren, uh, you know, you're the Liverpool oracle in this studio I as am. far as everyone's concerned. Yep. In the Brendan, Southern Hemisphere. Brendan Rodgers, some people love him, some people hate him. Mm. Are you going to endorse him? I'm not endorsing him at the moment, although I think um, Jim Begland, who was doing the commentary at Liverpool, great in his time. I think he, you know, um, You're not a great if you're a left-back. He's just a left back with he a left was. foot. He played in a good team, Carlos. Uh, yeah, he's a good, he wasn't a great. <laughs> no, but he, he was in a handy team. But can I say, he he described Liverpool signings last year in the post-Suarez year as being naive. <laughs> they were naive <laughs> signings. And it's something that Carlos would say, I think. Yep. But this these signings this year, I think, have got – they're far more savvy – you know, and they're designed not only to improve the team, but to save his job. Let's let's replay that after five games, see if he's savvy or not. We're going to catch up yeah. with Mike McGrath from He'll the agree. UK. He'll agree. Mike will agree. A little bit later yeah, on will. in the show. He'll join yeah. us a little bit later on. And, of course, we'll take your calls tonight. There's a lot of issues going on at the moment. 9429-1116. Be a Diego tonight. Give us a call. 9429-1116. Or your SMS is on 0433-981116. And those people who uh, actually got a bit of Diego's before 11 o'clock on Periscope. Mm. Oh, you know, yeah. there's some technology that we've learned to use. You press a button, and apparently you can beam yourself out to the world. Mm. And we had all of 15 viewers wow. watching our pre-show meeting. Yes. It's, it's probably better than our, 
That's Damn a record show. for us, just quietly, yeah. Carlos. Ratings watching. Yeah, just join us on Periscope. We might even do something in the ad breaks. During the ad break. And send us those little love hearts. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> a little bit of chat. Because let's be honest, the YouTube clips that are out there on the Diego's, <laughs> the only hits that they've gotten are from us and our, and no, our families. No, come on. I know we like to be very humble about things, but we're very, very popular. I'm just glad you clarified that was Periscope because I thought it might have been Tinder for a second, Carlos. <laughs> We're so, that popular that we just good. got a text message. I haven't listened to the show in five years. Thanks. For- <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Yeah. We got him back. <laughs> we knew you'd be back. Yeah, nice to hear Danny Allsop still scoring goals. There you go. <laughs> Welcome back, whoever yeah. you are. It's, yeah. good to, it's good to see you checking in every now and then. Um, look, there's a, an interesting hot topic mm. on 0433981116, and um, it's all about... Uh, the FFA ah. versus the PFA. Mm. What's going on there, Carlos? Can, can you just give us a quick synopsis? Yep. Because the hot topic is related to that, and Vinny yep. will give us the hot topic in a sec. Yes, yeah, the players cannot agree on a collective bargaining agreement and all the surrounding uh, you know, um, uh, salary cap issues, how big it is, how, how, uh, how long it should be frozen for, and so forth with the FFA. This deadlock has been going on for two years. Mm. They've met 30 times, and apparently... The, Different parties at different times have stormed out of the room, really angry with each other, and they still haven't agreed. Apparently, they're poles apart at the moment. And the uh, PFA sent a uh, it was a warlike, a warlike uh, declaration. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost uh, uh, you know declaring war on the FFA today, saying that uh, the FFA are no longer recognising the PFA as the uh, body that's representing the players. And they're saying, okay, if we're irrelevant, we're going to go through normal uh, Australian industrial action or industrial protected, uh, and they can get protected action. So this will be this is as close Mm. in all the years I've been involved, uh, NSL and also A League. This is as close to a strike as we'll ever get. And Vinny, yes, let's let's get the listeners' uh, views on it. It's to strike or not to not to strike. Do you think the players should strike if they need to? What's where do you stand on the striking? Uh, situation, yeah, would you the support potential the for a strike. Yeah. Would On you support it? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Would you support a player strike in light of the uh, well, uh, the, P- the FFA withdrawing recognitions? That's what the PFA wow. said. Then the FFA came and came out and said that they were shocked yes. <laughs> at the inaccuracies of the PFA's media comments and said that no, all they're doing is winding down the Memorandum of Understanding, which apparently expires on Friday. Yep. And they've been meeting. Apparently there was a meeting cancelled or the PFA Not didn't turning attend. up. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of confusion. You know, I mean, we, we're lovers here at the Diego's. Yeah. We want you two to get together <laughs> and sort something out. We love the players too. Mm. So the Diego's have always been about yep. the players. Yep. And uh, look, players, we... I don't want them to strike. That's that's my opinion. No. I, I would hate for there to be a strike. And, and David Gallup, when I when I couldn't get into the stadium in Brazil, <laughs> yeah. I reached out to you and, and you took my hand and yeah. you didn't really help me, no, but, no. but you took my hand yeah. and you acknowledged me. So yeah, that's right. We want to bring people together. And this business of uh, supposed to turn up to a meeting, when you go to the meeting, you're so angry, you storm out. Well, you've got to do what the Diego's do. When we walk in the studio, that door is locked. <laughs> no one storms out. No. Warren's tried to. In fact, there's there's claw marks on the door. <laughs> where he's tried to get out, get the two parties together and lock that door, darken the room, don't feed them until they come up with some sort of collective bargaining We agreement. could mediate here, Carlos. Yeah. I think we could help. Can I just ask a question in terms of striking and, and actions you can take? Could you maybe down tools for like 10 minutes in a game? Could the both <laughs> players say, oh, bugger that, we're, just, we're not playing for 10 minutes. Yeah. 
Well, that's could, an option. Could that be. work? Maybe. maybe We're going to okay, exhaust all the auctions. Maybe options. things like we don't we don't abide by any rules for ten minutes during the game. All right. We don't listen to the referee for ten yep. minutes. <laughs> when in doubt, I think we've just come up with another hot topic just quietly. Which, which, which I think, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which well. I think Kevin Muskett does for ninety minutes every week. But, but when that's in okay. doubt, we always support the worker. And until I hear <laughs> more, until I hear more, yep. the worker being the player has my full support. If they want to withdraw labour, it's the only thing that they have at their disposal against these neo-capitalist <laughs> organisations. Anyone, anyone with the owners here? Written and authorised by Warren Diego, spoken by the <laughs> Australian Labor Party. Withdraw your Labor I'm with, the, I'm with the wealthy owners here. Oh, my I Lord. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's you've got to look at the, 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 the pie. Cake, look the at pie. the pie. How much of the pie is there to give? Is there enough pie there, Warren? Well, the pie, and can I say, this is a really interesting discussion because it's happened across a lot of... Is this part of your Q&A, Rodrigo? No, no, I was just about to say, this is a retrospective <laughs> Q&A happened, question. It's happened throughout... <laughs> different organisations, the percentage of the pie yep. that players get. Now, we're not privy to the, to the um, machinations of the, of the dispute resolution process, but <laughs> I support the players as a principle, and I believe that if they're threatening to withdraw their labour, they're not getting a fair portion of the pie. So good on them, keep going, and I believe a strike has more potential to damage the brand of the FFA and the game, Disagree. and they're the ones that are responsible for fixing it up. Disagree. If the players go on strike, I tell you, they're the ones will be damaged, and the punters out there will take a long time to forgive them, even if they justified Warren, even if they deserve a bigger well, slice of the pie. it's more of a reflection now, on the society than the players, Carlos. Can we, can we just clarify, no one's actually talked about striking, so don't think that the players are going to strike. There's just been that this has been mooted. Am I am I right in understanding no, that? No, no one's. And they, I was told today, off the record, I won't mention names. Okay. Just off the record, and I'll do it silently. Shh. That striking is the last resort. Yeah. Well, that's why Tommy we're talking Rogic. about it. Yeah, Tommy Rogic. <laughs> Tommy Actually, Rogic told us he doesn't want to strike. <laughs> I've got a question about Tommy Rogic yeah. in my Q and A. Just in, in have a we minute. started your Q and A? Yeah, no, it started. It started. We oh, didn't good. Do a, we didn't are we going to get a whistle or? Well, it's up to. Yeah, no, there we there go. That's go. it. It's, thank right, God that's over. Yeah. About it. Send yeah. us your uh, text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, or if you've got an opinion on this, give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Okay, about Tommy Rogic. This yeah. is uh, Rodrigo's Q and A. I hate speaking about myself in the third person, yeah. but. Uh, Hey, Tommy Rogic has basically started for, for Celtic and scored his first goal on the weekend. He's been out for such a long time. And, um, you know, what potential can he fulfil in the game, guys? Who, who wants to kick that off? Can I just say this, that uh, all roads lead to Rome, Rodrigo, as you know. <laughs> yes. But they're all long <laughs> roads. They're all long roads. You don't just you sound get like to my Rome. dad, Warren. Yeah. Uh, Vinny. Warren, yeah. Take it, take it easy. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I'm excited. He's taken the first step, but mm. it's a journey of a thousand miles. Mm -hmm. And let's just keep a lid on it. And uh, he's got to back it up. Of course, he's a great player, and we all know uh, what, what he's capable of. But we also know that he hasn't actually shown up and, and delivered any consistency. So I'm excited, but I'm keeping a lid on it. But Vinny, will his groins? cope with the thousand mile journey like i'm saying uh carlos it i don't know a boy of 23 years 23 years of age should have supple groins groins that can handle any sort of stretching and pulling and and any sort of uh you know uh road testing mm. and they haven't come to the part i mean he was out for two years with uh, some sort of osteitis pubis come uh 
pulled ligament in the pelvic area. I mean, it was so mucked up down there that he had to have surgery after surgery to fix this thing up. I worry that he's a fragile, almost man of chalk, Vinny. I don't want to say man of chalk, Carlos, because that's a, a, a position reserved for, for the, the most crumbling. <laughs> but yes, just remind our listeners. Uh, Jabril Sisse yeah, that's, that's broke right. his leg a couple of times, times, four yeah. times, mm. something like that, and canning. Yeah. But uh, look, it's hard to say. You, maybe, hopefully, that uh, all the treatment he's been receiving has, will help him turn the corner. Yep. I, I, I back science. Mm. Well... <laughs> The guy who ran the first marathon, he collapsed at the end of it, didn't it? It hasn't stopped the marathon becoming <laughs> the most beautiful thing to complete. So Tommy Rogic is on a journey. For me, mm. he's going to survive the marathon. Yep. And I would be, but just in case, I'd be picking him for Bangladesh because you want to get one game out of the soccer. <laughs> right. There you go. Thanks very much there, Warren. You got your piece in. Um, Thank speaking you. about um, you know the uh, needing some manipulation in the groinal yep. region. Needing, needing, needing the groin. Yeah, yeah. Good, very good. Mm. Um, Eva Carinerio mm. is <laughs> yes. uh, one of the medicos yes. out at uh, Chelsea. And mm. uh, she and Joe... She's, she's the head medico. She's the head medico. Yeah. Well, Jose's just slipped, you know, <laughs> clipped her across the back of the head because um, what happened there? I, I, I don't... I mean, she's been relegated, hasn't she, to... Yeah. Uh, Off-field duties. Yes. <laughs> he he Off launched... He, Jose launched on the weekend his medical staff because... They uh, were down to 10, ten, men, ten men, and then she treated... Hazard. 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 Hazard, 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 Hazard. who Hazard. went to ground. Yep. And Softly. As, a, as a good medico, once Should. someone goes to the ground, you become alert. It's the ambulance time. The alarm goes off. The antenna goes off. And you don't, you don't think of anything else. You just run onto the ground and you, the magic sponge, and then you fix the guy up. She was you too keen. Well, as she was, running out, as she was running out onto the ground, Jose's going, no. Slow motion. Yeah. You because he knew apparently that Hazard went to ground because he was tired, and by going onto the field and he treating, has to come off. they to come off, and suddenly they're mm. down to nine men. Nine, and at a crucial time it was all against Swansea. He wasn't looking good, and Jose just absolutely lost it. And what are you after, doing? And what are you doing? And I thought, okay, he's <laughs> a bitch. That's not Didier. I told you, just go for Didier. He's, he's a man. No one else. He's a man that obviously went crazy in the press conference afterwards, but he went on with it. So this week, and actually relegated this fine, fine doctor. Fine, fine doctor. Fine. And by the way, can, just can you spell a name? And I want our friends out there, if you don't know this doctor, Google her now. Mm, Eva, EVA. Yeah, and you see a splendid, splendid medical, medico uh, specimen mm. she is. Yeah, she's, um, <laughs> she's a fine woman. In fine. a previous life, her name has been Olga. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's C-A-R-N-E-R. I-R-O. Please Look, Google it. I'd be going down as another with an hot injury topic, if I was... As another hot topic, send us through your thoughts on the text. Can, Please. Can, can I just say that uh, I know that the um, FFA have been look, you know, rethinking and tweaking the, the marquee player, stuff like that. I don't understand why a club doesn't get her right now. Like an <laughs> That's <club>. a marquee. <laughs> get her down. Yeah. Anyway, she's been relegated. She can't go to games. She can't go to training. She can only... She's got, got a little warning, Carla. Yeah, she's got a doctor's room. <laughs> yeah. Melbourne City. And she I'm can only work you. in a doctor's room. Bums on yeah. seats. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, boys, um, the next uh, question from me is about Terry Antonis. Looks like he's leaving Sydney FC for uh, Pauk. Yeah. And uh, the Greek club, Pauk. And uh, would it have been better for him to stay in, in the A-League? Mm. Yeah. Is that, is that, now, a, is worry, that a worry, step in the right direction? Somebody's got to tell him there. He's only allowed to take 80 euros out a day from the <laughs> banks over there. Yes. <laughs> he clearly doesn't read the financial no, review, does he? No, he clearly uh, doesn't. No, look, we've got a lot of Greek friends out there. Mm. 
and we've we've offended them once before in 2004. They came for us too, Carlos. <laughs> they came for us. So this is nothing to do with. But really, right now, who is advising him to go and play in Greece? Right now, great sport, but they're, the financially they're struggling over there. In fact, people are leaving the place to try and get work. Why would he go over there right now? He's cashed up. Well, I, I hear they're going to loan him out pretty much immediately. Well, that, yeah, that's it, even worse. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so you know, I, mean, I don't understand that. I, I, that's right, Rodrigo. Why would you go to the club that you're not really going to go to because they're just going to handball you somewhere else? That's yeah. I, what's in it is is there, is there a promise of shop window? Is there someone going to be at the games that's going to change your career and and put you on a different trajectory? He's been down that road before and he's come back. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure that this is the right time. Well, I don't know that that's the right club. If you look at someone like James Troisi, who came and resurrected his career in Australia with Melbourne Victory and then went on to play for the Socceroos and, and went on to then get a contract in Belgium, Terry, stay here, do the hard yards, play regularly for Sydney FC, play well, get in the Socceroo team when he's been on the fringe for a while, and then you can springboard into a league that's going to pay you pretty well, that's going to put you in the shop window in Europe. Uh, I, I just don't understand why he needs to go at a young age. Needs to go over the Greece. Would you not just go to Ange, call Ange Postecoglou and say, Ange, what do you reckon? Is this move going to be good for my soccer career? And I wonder what Ange would say. Well, Ange struggled there as a coach, uh, exactly for, he, for many reasons. So. He knows what's going yeah. on. He knows how that scene works. He could give the guy good advice, especially when we had good news that Melbourne City had signed uh, Aaron Moy as the yes. Australian marquee during and the week, and deservedly so. Yeah, Can I yeah. say that's a great. It's a great recognition for a player who's come back to Australia with really no accolades and turned himself into one of the best. And Terry Antonis needs to understand, Aaron Moy will get a game before you, Sunshine, in the same spot in the Socceroos and playing here in Australia. There you go. And the last uh, Q&A from me is about uh, Tommy Urich. He's still without a club. Um, you know, he's, he's spurned offers uh, from all around the world. Apparently, four clubs um, went after him in the off-season. Um, should we worry about uh, Tommy. Has he taken on Lucas Neal as uh, his player manager? <laughs> his consigliere. Because, <laughs> because his Lucas used Lucas. to make an art form of this. Yeah. But it, he's, he's a silly lad. It, it's, a, it's a dad disease from tennis. It's uh, transversed into football now. Apparently he's dad. Uh, he was about to join uh, Roda FC in, in Holland. And right at the 11th hour, his dad came in and changed the goalposts as far as what he wanted. He and wanted cash, said, cash money. Yeah, who Give knows? But, uh, but it, I think this might be happening. And who knows who's advising Tommy Urich. But your next Mark Viduka is going to be a forgotten man very soon, Warren. Yes, he is. But um, You did say still, he was the next Mark Viduka. Yeah, he still is. But he's got to find a place to kick a goal. Yeah. There you go, boys. That's the uh, that's the Q and A for this week. There you go. The final whistle. There. Let's take a break now and come back with uh, more of the Diego's, your text messages, and even your calls. Give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. This is the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. When a man sometimes hits you, it's because he's your dad and he loves you. When he throws a boot at you, it's because he's Alex Ferguson and he doesn't. Geez, I love this game. We are the Four Diego's. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. It's a cool nine degrees in Melbourne town here on the Diego's. Welcome to the show. Love having your company as always. Really enjoying some of your texts. Um, stuck a bit of struck a bit of a, a nerve yes. with some of our Greek friends. Yes, Greek they list. are Greek friends. Yeah, they are absolutely, friends. Absolutely, absolutely, and. Um, Boys, we were talking about, of course, uh, 
um, Antonis. Terry Antonis, uh, basically um, looking like he's going to move to Park. And uh, we were saying that and he get loaned he's, out, he's, and he's going to get loaned out to yeah. a, to another club, um, somewhere else probably. And <laughs> so we were just saying, is it a good move? Should he stay in the A League? We weren't being disparaging at all. No. Um, but, Are they in uh, the Eurozone, the club that he's going to no, go in, to? No, in the Eurozone. Of course, they're in Europe. <laughs> but they're you mean Europa Cup? No, no. In the like. Yes, the at the moment they are. <laughs> well, we've got an anonymous text here. Yeah. Uh, Park play in the UEFA yeah. League that yeah. and that level league. You can all only dream of. Stop being yeah, smart, Alex. smart Alex. Yeah, look, I not being smart Alex at all because he's signed for Park um, and uh, he's been loaned out straight away. They've been, they've been up front. So he's not playing for Park. He's playing for their sister club or whatever it may be. And, and look, you know, I've travelled over to Greece a lot myself. I love the place. I've got many, many good friends there. Uh, but there's a financial situation there that uh, hmm. there's not too many people, you know, who don't have to, who are immigrating to Greece. They're leaving Greece because of the economic situation there. It, it was just a surprising decision for someone so young. Vera FC, Vera or yeah, Vera. That's right. It's a bit like, uh, look at James Troisi. He signed with Juventus, and so on paper, that's fantastic. But he he'll hasn't never play played for, with yeah, them. But he'll never play and for he's them. And he yeah. just keeps getting loaned out by them. So in the end, there's no... I, I would imagine that having that sort of... St- Lacking that stability would also affect the way you play and train and so forth, and ne- never knowing where where your next sort of dollars technically coming from. I know you probably he's probably getting something from Juve, but but uh, at yep. the end of the day, he's got to find a club to play for if he wants to play for the Socceroos and stuff like that. Yep. Terry Antonis, he's uh, he's he's risking the same thing, and uh, if he doesn't get loaned out to a to a club that's going to play him, then you're in more. Tr- it's like Tommy Rogic, he, he part. Uh, Despite the injuries, when he wasn't injured, that he wasn't getting game time under the old manager, was, yep. and he was disappearing. And yeah. so, and, and Troy Issy was actually quoted because now he's sort of said to people in the A League, "Look, come get me because I'm happy to come back to Australia." He even said he's not 21 anymore; he's actually 27. So all this moving around, all this sort of you know, being loaned out, like you said, Vinny, is something that he's got to stop doing. He wants to settle somewhere. And uh, I think that's something something that someone like a Terry Antonis can learn about. This whole idea about settling somewhere, really creating um, uh, a presence there and uh, creating a name for like Aaron Moy. I mean, Aaron Moy will be playing in the next Socceroo squad. He'll go to yeah. the next World Cup. Yeah, he will. And, and he's done it all from Australia. And I think Melbourne City, uh, by making him a marquee player, and they're talking about paying him up to $850,000 a year, uh, suddenly he doesn't need to go overseas anymore. He can stay here, play for the Socceroos, and go at the right time for a decent club in a decent league that's affluent, that can pay things, and you can and you can be seen on the world stage. Now, I could be wrong, but if you've gone to Europe and you've come back, and it effectively says you, ha- you haven't really made it, and there are very few players who go to Europe and come back to Australia to the A-League and then go back to Europe and then flourish and thrive, they tend to sort of have a crack at Europe do moderately well, they might then come back here. Yep. Like, like, look at Nathan Burns, for example. He went to Greece. Sporanovic is another yep. one. And But then from here, they go to, to Asia because there's more yep. money in Asia and it's, it's more worth their while. So in terms of Terry Antonis as, as a career move, I don't know. I don't know what they've told him. Look, I hope it pans out because he's a great player and he deserves every success. But I just am not convinced that going back, going to Europe these days for, for Australian boys is, is, is going to, be be a successful move. 
Absolutely. So, very interesting. Uh, Dean in Crib Point, I support the players. This is in relation to the bit of a spat between FFA and PFA. Uh, they are the performers. They deserve their piece of the pie and eat it too. Down to the pub till negotiations resume. There's That's... a comrade. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I'm not saying at all the players aren't justified in, in making a stand. The players sacrificed a lot in the changeover from the NSL to the A-League. For 18 months, there was no football. And the, and the players agreed to that because they were looking for something better down the track. Two years ago, in the last collective bargaining agreement, the players uh, forewent uh, an increase in the salary cap uh, so they can invest in other parts of the game. Now, the players have sacrificed a lot and they've contributed a lot to the growth of the game in this country. But if they go on strike, I can tell I was on half today and uh, we had the topic, we were talking about it today, and the tech SMS machine went crazy for people who were anti-players who were going to go on strike. It's, Warren, you don't like to hear it's it. It's more of a reflection of the society and the <laughs> inward, insular nature of people looking after their own vested interests rather than thinking collectively about the better good of yeah. mankind and fellow players. I wouldn't have a... I don't care what public opinion says. There's two sides you're here right with vested interests, You're right and you're wrong. Warren. Yeah, but... Um, it's I, about... I'll, I'll take you up on that point, please, please too. Please do. Because yeah, ultimately, who's right and who's wrong is when we get all the facts and we understand how much they're asking for and how much the FFA is prepared to give and whether that's a fair amount. Now... Until we'll never we get know. that we'll never point, know. we're just speculating. But I would, I always fall on the side of the people providing the labour for whatever, and in this case, it's the players. Warren, I, in principle, I'm with you, but I guess the reality is that uh, the A League, as we speak, is not a robust. Uh, rich league it's not, it's hasn't got money coming out of its orifices left right and center here and uh you know we we, we can't even get clubs to sort of uh stay in the black well brisbane Royal aren't paying their players right now uh newcastle jets are in the hands of the ffa central coast mariners on the edge and has been for a while that's three of ten teams there's players in the, there's players playing professional football carlos that would be earning less money than what average people would earn working day to day. Now, I'm not saying they deserve more or they deserve less, but the cut of the pie is never equal. And I'll say that honestly. I mean, if players... And it's only fair in competitions where the pie is huge and players get far more than the average amount of money. But in a situation, whatever the income is, I don't care whether the clubs are making money or not, okay? It's about the players getting a fair amount of the revenue that's generated for the thing that we're watching, which is them p p p participating. Sorry for struggling with that <laughs> that's word. That's all right. No, no. But participating in the game. Now, the other stuff around whether clubs can make money or not is a completely different issue to how much the players deserve of the money that is being generated from the game. But the problem we've got is if there's clubs falling over left, right and centre and the players go on strike, they're not going to get the support from the public. They're going to be looked at as being greedy. I don't agree that that should be the case, by the way, uh, but that's what's going to happen. Warren, um, a bit of support for you coming through on the text message. John in Port Melbourne, who is normally um, very opinionated a, a, a about critic, your opinions. A critic. <laughs> what other tools of protest do the players have, Carlos? Well done, Warren. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not having a crack at the players. The players, in the, the Australian footballers in this country have sacrificed a lot and have gone through what they've done in the past, right? All I'm saying is, judging by the SMSs and other people I've spoken to about this today, 
Um, and I'm talking about the, you know, not the rank and file fan out there because uh, it's just a normal fan out there who love their football. A lot of them would not forgive the players if they strike uh, during the season and hold up the season anyway. They won't forgive the players for that. It won't be forgotten, Warren. But and can it'll I do more say, damage to their cause uh, than not. Look, in the end, in the end, there's a lot of examples of popular opinion being ignored for the sake of standing up for a principle, and it's been done in the last couple of days. And I would say to you that in this case, if the principle that the players are standing up for is genuine and honest and is not greedy, they should ignore what popular opinion is because, in all honesty, some cases are worth fighting. And you know what? It looks like they're going to, Warren. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Just a couple of text messages. Trevi in Avondale Heights. Uh, I'd love one of those cymbal sounds after this joke. We all we know there is no chance of Michael Mifsud having a decent strike. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> and uh, the PFA from Phil in Werribee ha- uh, still has a better strike rate than Balotelli. Okay, thank you very much uh, on that note. Hey, boys, uh, before we go to a break, I want to quickly talk about the FFA Cup because the Mm. final uh, four fixtures of the round of 32 were done and dusted yesterday. I'll just quickly go through the scores. Western Sydney Wanderers are through to the round of 16. They defeated Brisbane Raw 1-0. And go, go, go. Go, go. And go, go. Go, go. Melbourne City should never have let him go. Go, go, Mabratu. Go, go, Mabratu. I've never seen a team... I've never seen a team. This wasn't a renovation team that Western Sydney put on. This is a complete. They've deconstructed and reconstructed. They needed a permit. Apparently, they needed a permit from the council. Unbelievable. No, because did you recognise that team that played? I I was just so happy for Goal Goal because this guy he went from Melbourne City to West Sydney Wanderers. He in the first in the first ten minutes did an ACL. Yep, out for a season. And came back and scored last night. That that is a romance. That is the romance of the FA. He's a FFA very Cup. nice yeah. goal. Goal is a bit like uh, Tommy Rogic, where can can play, has got potential, doesn't score enough. So he really needs to score uh, to sort of uh, justify his name. He's about just the only player yeah, still on right. the list. I think um, <laughs> to Tony brand Popovich, goal goal. <laughs> Tony Popovich forgot about him while he was in rehab, and he's <laughs> the only one who stayed on the list because everyone else is different. In the other games, uh, Newcastle Jets and Perth Glory was 2-all after extra time, but Perth Glory won on penalties mm. 4-3. Wellington Phoenix defeated Central Coast Mariners mm. 1-0. Apparently, Paul Izzo, <laughs> the young goalkeeper, if you, if you get a chance to Google him, look, take pity on the kids. It's the blight it's his of first the reserve game. keeper, Carlos. Uh, heavy touch. <laughs> keepers, keepers with a heavy touch. You haven't got long in the game. No. Heavy touch. Appio Stolin scored the goal for Wellington and they lost the game. And Oakley Cannons, uh, the Victorian team, of course. Uh, um, far North Queensland Heat, they were one all um, yep. after extra time, but uh, Oakley Cannons went through 5-4 on penalties, which was fantastic. So that means the uh, FFA Cup draw for round of 16 was drawn today. and In a, uh, Amongst great fanfare and celebration. Yeah, it Were there was. balls coming Cup. out of, like... Well, I, I didn't see it. I just saw it come up on the uh, on the. On it's the done live, isn't it? It's on yeah. Fox. You know, yeah. The man yeah. about town does the uh, draw. <laughs> I think um, Ante Milicic was part of it. Um, that's all. That's all I know. But I, I really just get the information, uh, Warren Diego. I build the picture around <laughs> that, yeah. or, or the or the rubbish yeah. around the. the yes, facts. thank you. Um, He's telling you to shut up, by the way, Warren. Round of 16. Let's quickly go through the games. A couple of interesting games. Four A-League clubs are playing against each other. Adelaide United take on Sydney FC. Melbourne City were drawn against Wellington Phoenix. 
Heidelberg United take on Sydney United. Which, this is what I, this is back in yeah, 1978. This is awesome. This 1978 is great. NSL, one. great game. That's Hume, the one I'm yeah. going to go watch. Yeah, yeah this is um, Hume City take on Sydney Olympic. On your Humey boys. Absolutely. Metro Stars from South Australia take on the Oakley Cannons. On your Oaks. Lions FC from Queensland play Perth Glory. Rockdale City Suns take on the might of Melbourne Victory. Oof. Another David and Goliath uh, situation yep. there. And Palm Beach Sharks from Queensland take on Western Sydney Wanderers. So that means three non-A-League teams will get through the last eight. All we need I know. is an all-non-A-League clash in the round of the quarterfinals yep. to get a semi-finalist. And then the romance is absolutely on. And that's what I want to see. This is uh, the talk in the Rockdale dressing room right now. They're playing Victory. The first thing they say is, cool, we'll play victory. The second thing, we're screwed. <laughs> in that order. But that's okay, because they're going to have a good time and have yeah, a crack. absolutely. They were okay too, weren't they? I'm just trying to remember their uh, game. They um, yeah, they beat uh, Perth SC 3-1. Um, they actually looked okay. Yeah. So uh, that could be an interesting game. Is it a banana skin for the victory? Let's uh, Not based on their no, last no, game. No, just See, just anyone kidding. who plays Oakley... Just kidding. Oakley, mm. uh, they're a team that could maybe go get to a final. Mm. If they if they get a bit of luck, play some good football, they're strong enough to be able to get to a final, I reckon. All right, boys, let's take a break. Now, when we come back, we'll talk about English Premier League on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. One week they give you a Ferrari. The next week they give you the gas to get out of town. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. And coming up after Diego's, it's uh, All Night Appetite with uh, Scott Cooney. And uh, always good to listen to Scott on a, well, on a weeknight, weeknight morning. <laughs> what would you call it? Week, week morning. Yeah, weekday morning, boys. It's and, just uh, a ridiculous time yeah, of the night. Yeah, mid-dawns. Mid-dawns. <laughs> It's a shift that you have to do. Hey, there's people over in Europe important. who listen to that show. Absolutely. And it's right in the middle of the day for them. Yeah, it's well, they should be working. Critical shift. Mm. And uh, no one does it better than Scott Cooney coming up after Diego's uh, at midnight. So uh, we're trying to get Mike McGrath. Um, do you want my UK update? I will in no, a minute. Uh, but uh, before, before we go to yes, Mike, uh, I want to ask Warren about a Uruguayan striker mm-hmm. that Melbourne City's just uh, attracted, Bruno Fornaroli. Not Diego Forlan. No, no. <laughs> For the role. His, his nickname is El Tuna. <laughs> the prickly it, pear. he's on the nose? The, the prickly, prickly pear. pear. Or El Tuna. I don't know what the uh, similarities are. Is this are. an example of the tentacles of the of the city group? Absolutely. In terms of their um, scouting network, yes. finding a... A hidden prickly pear? Yeah, this apparently, as a preparation to come to Melbourne, they had him training with the elite academy under Patrick Vieira at Manchester City before they sent him over here. <laughs> I tell you what, no A-League club is going to be able no, to no, match no, that, no. are they? Never. Absolutely not. Hey, uh, we've got Mike McGrath from the UK, the son in the UK. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, very good. Sounds like a man who's just won the Ashes. You've got Rodrigo <laughs> here. You've got uh, uh, Vinny Venezuela, Warren Diego, and Carlos. You notice I didn't get allow you to comment on that at all, Mike, but uh, welcome to the show. Um, Thank wa- you very much. Warren wants to ask you the first question tonight. I do, but it's not going to be the question you expect. I'll keep that for a little bit later. Oh, right, Mike, I've never, I've never known a pre-season where the... Uh, the lot of the goalkeeper has been so, you know, publicly known. And I, I speak of uh, 
De Gea at uh, Manchester United who didn't play because psychologically he can't deal with the stresses of deciding whether he wants to play for Real Madrid or Manchester United. And Peter Cech, who was almost lauded as saint-like going to Arsenal and all their ills were going to be cured by the man in helmet who made two mistakes on the weekend. I'm interested. He'll be okay, I know. But um, where's De Gea going to end up and do they need to get that under control pretty quickly and uh, Arsenal they were pretty disappointing yeah I think um, I think De Gea it really does point towards him going towards um, Real Madrid sooner rather than later Louis van Gaal has you know pretensions of, of t- uh, title challenging this season and to have a goalkeeper not switched on is something that is going to be really difficult to do um, so I, I reckon that he's probably going to have to go to Spain at this point. But it's um, it's difficult because obviously they haven't got the the bid in that they want so far, and um, and until that happens, he, he's in limbo or in the stands at Old Trafford like he was at the weekend. Um, so yeah, like I say, I think that that's probably the big one that's going to happen in the next three weeks um, of the transfer window. Um, and and like you say, it was a, it was a bad day for Arsenal and for and for Petr Cech. Um, I suppose the only way is up from from there. Um, I, I really can't see him having another another day as bad as um, as bad as he did on Sunday for a while. Mike uh, Vinny here. Well, I just want to stick to the Man United theme. They pretty much won ugly on the weekend, and uh, I guess uh, Man United fans were probably hoping for a little bit more. Um, I don't know, uh, pizzazz in, in the Man U game, the, the Man U of old that Boring. We, we like to see. How, how, what's been the follow-up over there about Man U and, and how they're going, how they handled the game on, on the weekend? Yeah, they, they took a bit of flack, really, in terms of analysing that game and how they approached it, which is very much kind of containing Spurs and, and kind of matching them up. Uh, one for one, rather than trying to impose themselves on a game and playing the way that you know we, we we see United down the years, you know, in total control of a game. So it was it it was as narrow a margin as one nil suggests, really. So yeah, uh, quite a lot of work to do, I think, there for them to kind of be where they want to be. It probably help when Pedro arrives, which is going to be sooner rather than later. But yeah, the, in in the aftermath, I don't think. Anybody's kind of saying on that on that uh, kind of performance that we're going to see a Man U team kind of sweep everybody aside. Mike, of course, uh, West Ham. It's Carlos, by the way. It, uh, West Ham had a great away win on the first day of the season, and uh, I don't usually look at the ladders at all until Christmas. But uh, when West Ham win in the first <laughs> round against Arsenal away from home, uh, I look at the ladder and we're three points and we're uh, got a healthy goal difference at this time of the season. But <laughs> one kid that I'm really, really interested in is this Reese Oxford, uh, a kid who's 16 years old. And not only were they talking about him being incredibly young to even play EPL, but he actually had a really good game against Arsenal too. Is this guy in the same, obviously not, doesn't play the same position as a Wayne Rooney as a 15-year-old when he first started playing for Everton, but has this guy got the same sort of potential as a Wayne Rooney. Yeah, we, we think on that kind of international class level, that that's what people are saying um, at the moment. He probably a comparison instead of Rooney would probably be like more like Rio Ferdinand, somebody who can 
who can play as a central defender and bring the ball out. Obviously, he was in a defensive midfield position at the weekend and looked very comfortable on the ball, just just never never gave it away, which is an incredible thing for, for a 16-year-old playing in adults football. Uh, for that to happen was, is very rare. And, he, you know, he's... Um, He's in England youth teams, and I think probably in the next kind of three years we'll probably see him for um, for the England full team. I think in the next couple of years probably the under 21s. But yeah, real, really excited about about him to have so. Yeah, it's a real, um, as you know from watching the game, it, there's you get so little time on the ball over here. But um, he seemed to be very calm, just knew what he was doing, and 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 played you know a, a really a perfect game for somebody his age. Hey, Mike, do you think Jose Mourinho was clutching at straws when he uh, blamed <laughs> Eva Carniero, the club medico, for uh, potentially maybe uh, drawing that game against Swansea? What, 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 do you make of, what do you make of all of that? Has, has Jose gone too hard on her, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, was there, I was there at the weekend and I don't think um, the medical staff was the reason why they drew. And I think... <laughs> think Mourinho probably should have kept his um, comments private. That, that's how I think he should have dealt with it, but he didn't. But I don't think, you know, obviously you've, you guys have probably heard the breaking news about uh, overnight that she she's going to have a slightly different role in, uh, in, and, among, in and amongst the team. She's not going to be on the bench. So that seemed extremely harsh, but I think it has been bubbling away for a while. He's not been happy. He's made public comments, even though we didn't know the extent of the problem, that that he wasn't happy with with how they were dealing with things. So I think, yeah, I think he, he dealt with it poorly, but there was a problem there that he's now addressed. But I mean, to, to, she had nothing to do with the fact that they dropped points, um, and it was. You know, if they'd lost a if they'd lost a, a late winner, it might be different. But it, there's certainly other problems for Chelsea on the day. Mike, apparently Sven Goran Eriksson's <laughs> offered her a position. Is that true? <laughs> that was the first I've heard of it. But that, you know, that it's a move that wouldn't surprise me. Hundred, you know, it wouldn't be a shocker. <laughs> Mike, I'm actually surprised. I mean, she has something like. Um, uh, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of Facebook fans and she's on Twitter and, and all sorts of things. She's a, quite a stunning young doctor and uh, she's been at the club for a while. So, so for um, Jose to come out and see that she was naive, plus the other guy that ran on the pitch with her, uh, they were just doing their job. I mean, surely when a player hits the ground and acts injured, it's not her job to read his mind that he's time-wasting or whatever. Uh, her job is to get out there and look after the the, the, you know, the health of that player. Um for me, it's, it just seems like it's more than just what happened on the weekend. I know you said that it's been brewing for a while, but is it all to do with her job, or is it the fact that she might be turning some of the players' heads in, uh, you know, in, in the change room? No, I don't think that. I, I think it's more the fact that uh, she she wasn't his appointment. You know, Mourinho is the manager of the club, and probably what, but he did inherit her from. I think it was uh, Vias Boas, one of his. Uh, one of his appointments. Yeah, she has obviously done. A, she's done a good job in in many people's eyes, but more importantly, she's been a real kind of pioneer, I suppose, for kind of women trying to break into football over here. It's rare to see somebody um, on the bench, a female on the bench, and she's uh, she's taken um, some pretty some 
pretty uh, horrific abuse as well herself. So it's um, it's not a very nice ending to that uh, because obviously she was seen as a real kind of um, forerunner for for women in sport, and it's, uh, it looks like you know her her position there is looking really doubtful at the moment. So it might be that she she gets another another job elsewhere. Now, Mike, we asked the questions in jest, but uh, can't agree with you more. Hey, mate, uh, where, where are you this weekend before we let you go? Um, I am at Spursby Stoke on Saturday. We'll have fun and um, uh, yeah. before the before the big ones on Sunday when I'll be when I'll be off. Okay. Liverpool, Bournemouth. I know you'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll catch up with you again next week. Okay, cheers, guys. There's Mike McGrath, as always, uh, joining us from the UK. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Cooney on up after, after the Diego's on uh, <laughs> all night appetite. That almost took a minute. Uh, Warren Diego coming around the home stretch. Bit of rap there, Warren. Rap. Uh, Rodrigo. <laughs> yes, say. Hey, before we go, Warren, which games are you looking forward to in the EPL? Oh, Liverpool, weekend? Bournemouth. It's and a huge class. And, but, uh, who are the, the Hammers playing? The, who gives a. Yeah, okay. Play. No, I don't Relax. know. No, quickly, who, who, which game are you looking forward to? City, Chelsea, the blo- first blockbuster of the season. Should be fantastic. Uh, hey, thanks for your text messages tonight. We've got some really good ones. Really talked about the PFA versus the FFA. Hope that gets sorted out. Uh, that's it for this week's show. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with thrill on their head and balls in their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. The gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the 40 Diego. Olé! Olé!